It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Eat me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast presented by FantasyPoints.com. Finish the season strong. This is for bragging rights. Go to FantasyPoints.com. Use the code FEAST. Or if you're playing DFS over at DraftKings, make sure you get your info for DFS from FantasyPoints.com using the code FEAST. It's the show that's so nice, we do it twice. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, Redskins, Cowboys, Bills, Patriots, and the Cleveland Browns. Now, I've got the Even Money Podcast, the College Draft Podcast, Andrew Brandt Does the Business of Sports Podcast, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and the Fantasy Feast with Joe Dolan from FantasyPoints.com. Make sure you check out Joe on Twitter like I do, at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, those of you who listen to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast know any engagement is appreciated. I'm looking for that. And if you engage in any way, a like, a reply, a retweet, whatever it is, you're eligible to win a little something, something from your boy. At Ross Tucker Pod is where we post up Twitter and Instagram. That is show related. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm well, Ross. It's uh, we're week 11, one week away from Thanksgiving football. Um, uh, I'm I'm just thr- every week I say it, but I'm just thrilled we've gotten to this point. You know, we have a nice little distraction here. Unfortunately, you know, the pandemic is is, is it's ravaging right now. The NFL seems to have done a solid job with it, but um, it, you know, you just have to be on your toes right now with with fantasy and obviously with everything. But with fantasy, you know, there are going to be some guys who uh, are are going to miss games here down the stretch. It just seems inevitable. No question about it, Joe. Let's start with Thursday night. Might be the best fantasy matchup of the week here in week 11. It's the Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, all you have to do uh, is look back to the box score from this game in week seven, just four weeks ago, and you look at all the numbers that were put up in that overtime game, the 37-34 win for the Arizona Cardinals and Russell Wilson throws for 388, but he also throws three interceptions. Kyler Murray throws for 360. He adds over 60 yards rushing in that game. Uh, we we seem to have a couple of these games each and every week, but this is a stardom all game. And 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 I understand that like DK Metcalf was a little bit disappointing last week. Jalen Ramsey did selectively shadow DK Metcalf, not exclusively, but he selectively shadowed DK Metcalf and he shut him down. You might worry about Patrick Peterson. Peterson's not that guy anymore. He's still good, but he's not that guy anymore. Um, Metcalf um, might not have Tyler Lockett, though, for Seattle. So keep that in mind. If Tyler Lockett doesn't go, he's dealing with a knee injury. David Moore has been somebody who's been picking up a lot of the slack here in the passing game. They got Freddie Swain involved a little bit last week. So those are two lower-end names that maybe you could look at. But I was reading an article from Michael Sean Duggar of The Athletic about Chris Carson and how much Chris Carson matters to this offense. And saw some quotes from Pete Carroll talking about how he's had the discussions with Russell Wilson about not trying to do too much. And 
it's been pretty obvious here in the last few weeks that he's been trying to do a little bit too much. Over the five games that Chris Carson started and finished, Russell Wilson had three turnovers. In the four games that Chris Carson has not finished and or started, he has 10 turnovers. Those last four games, he's turning the ball over too much, um, and it's hurting the Seahawks. He's he's acting like he has um, – he's playing like he's, he has too much on his shoulders, like Carson Wentz style, just trying to do way too much, making bad decisions and bad throws. Um, there is some optimism with Seattle regarding Chris Carson this week. He has been limited in practice, as we discuss. Meanwhile, Carlos Hyde has been full participant in practice. So it looks like they're going to get at least one of those guys back. When it comes to Seattle's offense, though, it's still Wilson, Metcalf. See what happens with Lockett. Uh, unfortunately, if you had DJ Dallas, obviously things did not work out that last week. But it looks like the backfield is going to go away from Alex Collins and DJ Dallas and into the hands of either Carlos Hyde or Chris Carson, depending on if one or both of them play. On the other side, you've got the Arizona Cardinals fresh off the Hale Murray, Joe. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, that's actually the first time I heard that. I can't believe that's the first time I heard that. But, um, you know, Kyler Murray is playing unstoppable football right now. And everybody's like, oh, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to, you know, trust him to sustain this with what's happening to Lamar Jackson this year? And, and, and from my perspective, it's a simple answer. Kyler Murray's more talented than Lamar Jackson. He's a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. And he's got better weapons than Lamar Jackson. And this is just a special offense right now. Kyler Murray's playing special football. Um, earlier in the year, he was putting up fantasy numbers. I didn't think he was playing all that well, quite frankly. But they started going down the field more, kind of starting with October. I know Christian Kirk didn't have a big game. I thought he was going to have a big one against Buffalo. He did not. Um, but I, I think they started to go down the field more. They started to stretch the field more. They ran the ball really well against Buffalo. Kenyon Drake got off to a bad start. He had a fumble, but he ran for 100 yards in that game. Uh, Chase Edmonds was selectively involved. This is an offense that has a lot of weapons and a quarterback who's executing it at a very high level and a Seattle defense against a Seattle defense that cannot stop anybody. I mean, Arizona, uh, Kyler Murray's the, Q, the overall QB one this week. That's, I mean, that should not be a surprise. He's the quarterback one overall. And, uh, in this matchup, he's the QB1. DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, stardom. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. Drake's kind of a low-end RB2. Edmonds is a flex play if you need one. The reason I say that, Edmonds has been way more productive as a receiver than Kenyon Drake. And it's clear that Kyler Murray likes throwing the ball to Edmonds more than he likes throwing it to Drake. Let's move on to the Sunday 1 o'clock games, Joe. It's interesting Bengals at Washington. Bengals have been a really prolific offense. They got stymied by the Steelers. Meanwhile, Alex Smith is chucking it all over the place. Uh, and the guy he's chucking it to is J.D. McKissick out of the backfield. J.D. McKissick has 29 targets over his last two games. There is a very, very short list of players who have had that uh, 14 or more targets in back-to-back -back games in NFL history. Very few of them have done it more than twice. Uh, and, I, and I'm getting a lot of people complaining, like, why is Antonio Gibson not getting these targets? He's a great receiver. He was a receiver in college. One, one factor here, pass protection. Antonio Gibson, um, I got a lot of people, like, mad at me for saying he blew the block that got Kyle Allen hurt. Well, I mean, I read articles about it. He, I mean, 
the the assumption in Washington's coaching staff in that building is Antonio Gibson needs to improve as a pass protector. That's why J.D. McKissick is playing over 70% of the snaps. Now, Antonio Gibson had a great fantasy day because he's a much better runner than Antonio Gibson, but J.D. McK- uh, than a much better runner than J.D. McKissick, rather. But J.D. McKissick is going to play on passing downs. He's going to continue to play on passing downs. And we have a, fac- a backfield here where both of these running backs are RB2s for fantasy. And then you got Terry McLaurin, obviously, is a high-end wide receiver too and you can throw Logan Thomas out there as a uh, as a streamable tight end I think Alex Smith is good for Logan Thomas the targets have been there the routes have been there the production really hasn't been but I feel like that might be coming soon but as you said Alex Smith's dropping back he's playing pretty good football his old tendencies have come out we've seen his old tendencies the check downs the short throws um and, and I don't I don't expect he's going to play any different going forward on the other side, what about the Bengals? Uh, just a bad matchup last week against against Pittsburgh. And, and un- unfortunately, you know, this Washington front seven, despite the injuries it has, still pretty good. Chase Young had the really dumb penalty last week. Uh, but it's still a good front seven. I expect they're going to be able to get after Joe Burrow. We don't know yet on Joe Mixon. It's now, I think, four weeks since the foot injury. Gio Bernard did not have a great game last week, but the offensive line has been a factor there in a negative way for that run game all season long. A.J. Green is a zero right now. You can't play him. T. Higgins is their number one wide receiver on the perimeter. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's a wide receiver too. T. Higgins is a wide receiver too. A.J. Green is on your bench right now, and we have to wait to see about that um, about that running back situation. I think Joe Burrow is a decent enough start this week if you need him, but it's not a great matchup. Washington's secondary is exploitable, but they can still get after Joe Burrow uh, behind that bad offensive line. Um, next up, we've got Atlanta and New Orleans. Now, it looks, Joe... Like Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Interesting the timing of it. You know, I, I thought when they gave Taysom Hill $21 million, it was because they kind of thought he was going to be the next quarterback. Um, but evidently they gave him $21 million just to make sure they had him under contract for next year and to be the gadget guy. I think uh, t- people are a little bit scared about Jameis for fantasy because they wonder what Taysom Hill's role is going to be. And I'm not saying that it's going to be a perfect analog to what happened last year when Drew Brees got hurt. But the thing is that uh, when Brees was hurt last year, when Teddy Bridgewater came in to play quarterback and he actually went undefeated, Taysom Hill's role decreased. They did not use Taysom Hill more because Drew Brees was hurt. They actually used him less. And my guess was Sean Payton wanted to allow – Uh, Teddy Bridgewater to get into a rhythm and the question I have is is he going to do the same thing this week with Jameis Winston and going forward because Jameis Winston is going to start at quarterback I can't give you that answer but what I can tell you is if you're looking at Jameis Winston as a potential streaming quarterback these next few weeks these critical weeks for fantasy well look at the schedule Atlanta Denver Atlanta Philly the next four weeks, then a potential shootout with Kansas City in week 15. We don't know how long Drew Brees is going to be out. Um, I saw Ed Werder of ESPN, who's been plugged in on this injury. He said Drew Brees went for a second opinion that reaffirmed the first. You have broken ribs and you had a collapsed lung. And it's a matter of time to, until he gets the conditioning uh, going, until he gets uh, 
until he gets clearance from that ribs, and it's a pain tolerance thing. So it's going to be at least a couple of weeks, and I anticipate Jameis Winston will start a quarterback this week, and I think because of, I think he'll end up being pretty popular for DFS, though, with Drew Brees getting hurt on Sunday. This isn't this isn't like a midweek injury where Jameis Winston's going to be min-priced. So the pricing might price some people out here, but it's a great matchup. The only thing that I'm worried about is what the hell is going on with Michael Thomas? He had two catches. Um, he has not been a factor at all since he returned. Will Jameis Winston pump him the ball uh, the way we expect Jameis Winston to? Or have they been trying to coach those over-aggressive tendencies out of Jameis Winston? Those are some answers that we don't really have right now as we move forward with the New Orleans Saints offense. Any other impact on other players for the Saints of this move? Emmanuel Sanders has been dinged up. I'm probably benching him right now. Jared Cook didn't have a catch last week. Utterly bizarre. He's a low-end tight end one. And Alvin Kamara is going to be Alvin Kamara. I mean, there was a point yesterday, uh, excuse me, there was a point earlier this week on Sunday's game for the Saints where Alvin Kamara had negative rushing yards and had over 20 PPR fantasy points. That just goes to show you what kind of weapon this guy is, where he has negative, he's a running back who had negative rushing yards and he had over 20 fantasy points at one point. He ended up ru- uh, running for positive yards, but it just goes to show you what kind of weapon Alvin Kamara is. Speaking of negative, Joe, I know some people whose banking accounts right now are essentially negative because of credit card debt. They got more liabilities than they do assets. Dudes, refinance your high-interest credit card balances and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. The rate is fixed. You can get a loan from five grand up to a hundred grand. My listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get it though is lightstream.com/slash feast. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash feast. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.95% APR to 19.99% APR and include 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit, terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash feast for more information. What about Atlanta coming off the bye, Joe? Oh, well, you got uh, uh, Julio Jones, obviously, is going to have the matchup with Marshawn Lattimore, but you play Julio Jones. Um, uh, Calvin Ridley coming off the bye, he's limited in practice on Wednesday, so we have to wait to see for him because if he doesn't go, it's going to increase the roles of a Christian Blake or an Olamide Zacchaeus who probably you can plug in there as like a low-end wide receiver three. Certainly Russell Gage's role will increase. The thing I'm wondering with Atlanta is Todd Gurley has been getting a lot of work and he's been getting in the end zone a lot. The problem is, other than that, he's not really going anywhere. I mean, he hasn't averaged more than uh, more than three yards per carry in a game since week number five. I mean, talk about the definition of a plotter. And I wonder if over the bye, they're going to try to decrease his role a little bit because, I mean, he's averaging 3.7 yards per rush on the year, but he hasn't averaged over three yards per carry since averaging 8.6 in week number five. I mean, that is not an a viable run game in the NFL at this point. Now, he's fallen into the end zone a bunch this year. He's uh, uh he's close to the NFL lead. He's got nine rushing touchdowns, but it just hasn't been happening for him in the passing game, and he hasn't been efficient in any way on the ground. I wonder if they're going to decrease his role a little bit. 
Um, Pittsburgh is at Jacksonville. Pittsburgh's a machine. Ben's doing a nice job spreading it around. Yeah, it's been kind of annoying, and, and I think I don't think there's been a DFS player who's been more obnoxious for people than Deontay Johnson because it seems like when you put him in your lineup, he gets hurt in the first series of the game, and when you don't, he goes nuts. But we're showing with Deontay Johnson's production right now exactly why we were excited about drafting him. The guy's really good. Um, he's got he's got playmaking ability with the ball in his hands. You can still see that there's a rawness to him. He almost uh, like like we talked just talked about Russell Wilson trying to do too much. The wide receiver version is occasionally Deontay Johnson, where he's running backwards and you know he's he's not taking the yardage that's given to him. But I think that's all part of a learning process. And I think what you're seeing here with guys like Deontay, Juju, and Claypool, all of them came through last week. But um, I think you're seeing that the upside is too great to really sit one of these guys for the hot hot waiver wire guy du jour or the wide, the wide receiver who has a good matchup this week. The upside is just too high for this, these receivers. I really love um, Ben Roethlisberger this week for obvious reasons. But the one thing that's really bothering me, and it's been bothering Pittsburgh media as well, this run game has done Nothing. And I used James, I used James Conner as kind of a pivot play last week, expecting a blowout win against Cincinnati. What did we get? A blowout win against Cincinnati. James Conner, every time I looked at his stats, his rushing yards were going backwards. This team cannot run the football at all right now. And I, I know they're double-digit favorites here against Jacksonville, but I mean how can I trust James Conner right now with anything more than a low-end running back, too? This team cannot run the ball, and I wonder if that's going to be something that's going to end up costing them down the stretch here in these colder-weather games. Not this week. They're in Jacksonville. But these colder-weather games that have become in the Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin era, hell, since the Terry Bradshaw era in Pittsburgh, have become the calling card of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I wonder if that run game is going to end up costing them down the stretch. Very interesting point, Joe. What about... Jacksonville throwing the football and Jacksonville playing against the Steelers defense. Yeah, it's Jake Luton, uh, DJ Chark. Uh, I think last week the weather in Green Bay was a factor. You saw DJ Chark get behind the Packer defense, and Jake Luton uh, threw it up to him for a potential touchdown, and the ball just hung in the air. Ross, I went to hit the links yesterday um, uh, 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 down here in South Carolina where the weather's still nice, but it was real windy. And it's it's one of the most demoralizing feelings when you really strike a good drive and the, and you just see it just stand in the air uh, as the wind holds it up and then it falls well short of of where you, uh, you, you, you thought you hit it. That's what happened with Jake Luton throwing that ball down the field to DJ Chark. I don't think we're going to have weather concerns like that in Jacksonville this week. With the Jaguars' 10-point underdogs, I would anticipate a lot of targets for DJ Chark in this game. Keelan Cole has been kind of the guy uh, you can you can use as a wide receiver three, uh, given the fact that they have LaVisca Chenault, who's been dinged up. Keelan Cole has been that guy who's been getting in the end zone for them. They really like what he can do with the ball in his hands. You saw him return a punt for a touchdown last week as well. And with running back Chris Thompson going on IR, I don't know if they're going to uh, involve Divino Zigbo. They had Dare Ogumbawale playing some third downs last week. But I I think James Robinson has proven himself to be a quality receiver, and I would expect James Robinson's snaps to go up. You typically don't like a running back, uh, an early down running back, when a team is a 10-point underdog. But James Robinson has been pretty much the exclusive running back all year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And with Chris Thompson on IR, I would expect his involvement to just rise. 
New England and Houston. New England ran that rock against the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Now they go against a Texans run defense that stinks. Yeah, uh, Damian Harris has been awesome. I mean, I, I think Damian Harris is a strong RB2 this week. Rex Burkhead I, is is kind of their passing down back. James White is has, uh, has kind of disappeared from this offense, unfortunately. Um, obviously, he's he's gone through a tragic situation this year. So James White's kind of disappeared from this offense. Um, uh, but And Rex Burkhead's kind of taken that passing down role but what you've seen obviously is how much better cam newton has looked when he's had somebody that he can trust to throw the football to and that guy is jacoby myers who should be in your lineup right now there's no reason for jacoby myers to not be in your lineup he is their number one receiver i I saw bill belichick talking about you know julian edelman potentially coming off of ir it would be malpractice to take jacoby myers off the field right now and i don't anticipate that the new england patriots are going to do that but because of this matchup against houston i love damian harris this week i like cam newton this week i like jacoby myers this week um this could be kind of one of those uh nobody there is nothing sexy about the new england patriots on offense there's no doubt about that this might be one of those games where maybe you get damian harris who maybe is maybe a little bit more of a boring player and you plug him into your dfs lineup at a little bit lower ownership and he ends up creating some value for you because i i can see him going for over 100 yards in this game nice um what about houston well, uh, it was a bad matchup last week, and then obviously you have the weather issues. I am sick of the weather in Cleveland, by the way. I Two weeks in a row, they've had awful uh, – well, two games in a row, not two weeks in a row. They've had absolutely awful weather in Cleveland, and it completely in, uh, affects the, the passing game. Um, when, but when it comes to New England's defense, you have to keep an eye on the status of Stephon Gilmore, who didn't play last week, because if he doesn't go again, that's huge news for Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. I would go back to the well with this Houston Texan offense and just understand that that game in Cleveland with those awful winds, that bad weather, they had the weather delay, uh, it just affected everything in that game. So um, I'm going to go back to the well with my Houston players, and, and I'm going to go back to the well with Duke Johnson as well at running back. The big upset against Cleveland last week, he didn't catch a pass. And I and, and I think that really crushed people. But with David Johnson on IR, Duke Johnson's the guy in this backfield. They, I believe they signed C.J. Procise, but I don't anticipate he'll have a huge role. Eagles-Browns. Joe, I know you grew up an Eagles fan. So did I. That was painful against the New York Giants. I mean, the, is there a uh, – Ross, you, you watch film and you talk to Co- – is there a less creative offense in the NFL right now than what Philadelphia is running? I mean, it is just – it is a slog to watch. And I know they went 0 for 8 or 0 for 9 on third downs. Every single one of them, it looked like they're running just four verts or dagger and they're just doing it with no motion or basic motion – and it just seems like it's such an easy offense to defend right now. And and, and look, it, I think it's a snake-eats-the-tail kind of situation. I don't think Doug Peterson is doing his best work. I would argue this is his worst work. I don't think this is the worst I've ever seen Carson Wentz play. And I think it feeds from each other. They're making bad decisions. Well, why is, why is Jordan Mailata not playing football right now for the Philadelphia Eagles? The, the young left tackle. Maybe Jason Peters is better than him right now, but your team is dead. The only reason your team is not dead uh, uh, overall is because you're in the worst division I can remember in professional football. Like, like get development out there. Get the young guys involved. And, uh, and like, I, I understand Jalen Rager was somebody who um, 
Didn't run a great route on that fourth down play. Wentz maybe shouldn't have thrown the ball anyway because Rager was covered by James Bradbury. But that at least at the very least, he's a young player and he should be out there and should be involved and they should be trying to develop him. But I'm just not getting this offense. Doug Peterson said today, you know, maybe I should get Carson Wentz out of the pocket a little bit more. Well, you think? The guy looks like a different player when he's out of the pocket. I just don't get what's going on. Is Wentz audibling at the line of scrimmage? Is the roster just as bad as it looks? It's... It is the worst – it's not the worst offense in the NFL, but to me it looks like the least creative offense in the NFL. They're doing nothing. They're running basic route concepts. When they get into third and long, which basically is every series, they just run a a go ball. It's really painful to watch right now. They're not putting the ball in the hands of their best players. They abandon the run with Miles Sanders when he's carving up six yards per carry. It's just an absolute slog to watch the Philadelphia Eagles right now. And as we're talking right now, there are some potential weather concerns in Cleveland on Sunday, yet again, with those damn lake effect wins. So this could be a low-scoring, boring-ass football game between two teams who are not scoring points right now. Um. Well, okay, so let's go to Cleveland on the other side. They did run it very well against Houston. What do you like there? Uh, the run game. That's what I like with Cleveland. No, uh, there, there's no two ways about that. Jim Schwartz, Eagles defense coordinator, who also did an abominable job last week, by the way. I'll throw that out there. Um, he said this week that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are the two best running backs that they face this year. Not the two, Not the best tandem. The two best running backs that the Eagles have faced this year. And if the weather is going to be a factor again, I expect Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to have success. That Eagle run defense could not contain Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris last week. What the hell do you think uh, uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to do to them? Like, they, it, it, it's a bad team right now that's poorly coached on both sides of the football, Philadelphia. And, you know, if it wasn't for the offense, um, uh, if it wasn't for the offensive struggles, we'd be talking about how poor a job Jim Schwartz has done with that Eagle defense. Up next, Joe, we've got Detroit and Carolina. Looks like Stafford might be able to play with that torn ligament in his thumb. Doesn't doesn't give me warm, fuzzy feelings, though, does it? I mean, does that give you a warm, fuzzy feeling, a, a quarterback playing with a torn ligament in his thumb? I mean, I guess, I guess that's what uh, they're saying. Matthew Stafford, we know, is one of the toughest guys in the NFL. But the story of this game, for me, they finally did it, Ross. The Detroit Lions were staring at the obvious answer all week, for weeks. And that answer was, hey, maybe we should get the ball in the hands of DeAndre Swift. So Tom Pelissero of NFL Network reports before that game last week that the the, the Lions are going to start DeAndre Swift. They're going to give him his first start of his NFL career. And um, we know that doesn't necessarily matter at running back because teams rotate running backs, but they actually followed through on it. They gave him over 20 touches. He gains nearly 150 yards from scrimmage. He scores a touchdown. Meanwhile, Adrian Peterson is reduced to a bit player. That is exactly what should have been happening for weeks for the Detroit Lions. um, I'm at this point with the, the state of the running back position for fantasy, I'm willing to call DeAndre Swift a running back one right now because I can't imagine they're going to go away from him. Um, and, and with the state of Detroit's offense where you don't have a whole lot of explosiveness, TY, uh, excuse me, uh, TJ Hawkinson is dealing with a toe injury. He had his worst game of the season last week. Marvin Jones is coming alive a little bit. What's the status of Kenny Galladay? We don't really know that, but with Matthew Stafford dealing with an injury, Hawkinson dealing with an injury, Marvin Jones is on the wrong side of 30. 
me too, by the way. I, I mean, I feel it every day. But, yeah, wrong side of 30 for Marvin Jones. There is one player on this team you can trust to make explosive plays on a consistent basis, and that's that's DeAndre Swift. He's a running back one right now. I love him in this matchup. Um, they'll take their shots to Marvin Hall, but with Stafford dealing with the injury, the fact that, um, that he doesn't have his full complement of weapons healthy, it's not a great game for the Detroit passing game, and I think it's a great game for DeAndre Swift. Uh, what about Carolina? It looks like Bridgewater might be a go. McCaffrey still is not. Yeah, Bridgewater dealing with the knee injury. and is, uh, as, as, Look, you're dealing with a game. In Vegas, they pull games off the board when there's a, a question about one quarterback. We got a game where there's a question about two quarterbacks. And um, it's uh, for Carolina, I think this is a huge factor because I think T- Teddy Bridgewater and P.J. Walker are very different quarterbacks. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, that point guard, he's got that distributing mentality. I think P.J. Walker is kind of your slashing perimeter forward who's going to try to make plays as a runner. I like. I think Carolina's passing game takes a massive hit if Teddy Bridgewater does not play in this game. Uh, and does that mean Mike Davis is going to run the ball more? I'm not sure that's a great thing. He hasn't been very good recently. Um, you, you want him to get those check downs. Is it going to be more shots down the field to D.J. Moore uh, and Robbie Anderson if P.J. Walker is the quarterback here? If you have been rolling with some Carolina Panthers for fantasy, Moore, Samuel, um, Mike Davis, um, uh, Robbie Anderson – Cross your fingers that Teddy Bridgewater is able to play through that MCL injury because I think this passing game is going to take a massive hit if he doesn't go. But P.J. Walker, by the way, because of his rushing upside, probably is going to be an interesting punt play for DFS uh, if, if, if he plays. Ooh, I like that one there, Joe. That's interesting. Um, speaking of interesting, do you know DraftKings Sportsbook is still – giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using the promo code ROSS. So we got NFL games tomorrow night. We've got uh, NBA draft. You can bet on that if you'd like tonight. We've got Maction. We've got, obviously, Saturday. we got college football Sunday. and Whatever. You guys know what we got. We, but you also know where they need to do it. DraftKings. Safe reliable, secure. You can withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code ROSS to get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Last game we'll take a look at here, Joe. You've said it for weeks now. The Baltimore Ravens are broken. They stink. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Like, uh, and they don't throw the ball outside the numbers. And, and when I say stink, we're grading them on a curve. Lamar Jackson was the NFL MVP last year. I think we're allowed to criticize when things are not going well. Hollywood Brown, this ain't his fault. They cannot throw the ball outside the numbers. Their offensive line has been a problem. They have a three-man running back rotation that's helping absolutely no one. Mark Ingram comes back and gains five five yards on five carries. They don't know what they're doing right now. It is a painful, painful offense to watch. Um, 
Last week, obviously, they're playing in the monsoon, so you have to give them the benefit of the doubt there. And the, but I don't know how good how if it's a good sign that Lamar Jackson's passing numbers were better in a monsoon against New England. Um, but they they are a horrible fantasy team right now. Like the only two guys I have any level of confidence in for fantasy right now are Lamar Jackson simply because he runs because he's not throwing the ball well, and Mark Andrews who has been a massive underachiever. This uh, there is not a bigger disappointment in fantasy football than the Baltimore Ravens offense right now. It is broken. Teams have gotten better at the defending the run concepts and they have regressed in the passing game. Uh, that, that's all there is to it right now. And yes, the offensive line's a factor, but they have regressed across the board. Okay, what about Tennessee offensively after the Patriots just kind of ran the ball down the Ravens' throat? Uh, and you would think that Tennessee is going to try to do the same thing. You know, Calais Campbell banged up. They had, uh, I think they had COVID situations at the linebacker position. So you wonder if things are going to get better from that, from that regard, but Tennessee is going to run the ball. I mean, we know Tennessee is going to run the ball. Derrick Henry, like, geez, last week against Indianapolis, I remember watching the, that entire game and I'm like, man, that was another bad one for Henry. And then you look at the box score and he's got over a hundred yards rushing. And so that's what Derrick Henry can give you. The Tannehill's play hasn't been great, although I think A.J. Brown dropped a potential touchdown last week that really would have helped Tannehill's numbers uh, rise. But when it comes to the Tennessee Titans, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, A.J. Brown's a wide receiver two, Corey Davis a wide receiver three. Tannehill in this matchup, not all that appealing. Maybe you take a shot on Jonu Smith, who scored last week. But Tennessee, we know, is, is kind of the same team each and every week for fantasy. That'll do it for episode one of the show that's so nice. We do it twice. We will break down all of the Sunday late games, the Sunday nighter, the Monday nighter on part two of the Fantasy Feast that will be in your podcast app shortly after midnight. We record them both, but we divvy them up so you guys have a little bit more leeway there as to when you consume them. At FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. He, of course, is... The guy at fantasypoints.com, code feast. Make sure you're using that. Other than I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.